Thanks for joining us for another edition of To The Point, a Bucati Company's podcast to deliver valuable insights into topics that affect HR professionals and business owners. I'm Mary Amundsen, Managing Director of Bucati Companies, and today I'm joined by Josh Collins, President of our Benefit Administration Division and our in-house expert on health savings account. I know HSAs were established by the IRS in 2003, and Josh, there's been a lot of buzz in the media about their value. What is it that makes an HSA so popular? Well, Mary, you know, as insurance costs have crept up, employers have been consistently looking for ways to really curb those costs. And with those, they've been looking at plans that have overall lower premiums. And these are often known as high deductible health plans. Uh, But with these higher deductibles, employees really need a way to pay for those out-of-pocket expenses that they're now responsible for paying for. Uh, Enter the HSA. Uh, And with the HSA, employers are finding a lot of flexibility uh, to provide these tax-free benefits to employees and allow these plans to really be tailor-made to how those employees want to use those dollars long-term. So when you say a tax-free benefit, I'm assuming that the HSA is tax-free, but how how does money actually you know, get contributed to an HSA? Well, you know, earlier I mentioned the flexibility of the account. The nice thing about the HSA is they say anybody can contribute to that account. Rich aunt, rich uncle, employer, or the employee. So contributions, while typically are made through payroll on an employer basis, really can be made uh, at any point by anybody, either through payroll or outside of payroll. So there's got to be some kind of limit, right? I mean, Aunt Susie can't just leave me a million dollars and put it into my tax deferred <laughs> nice, HSA. <laughs> so, so how does how does it work? I, it's got to be regulated. It is. So the IRS, you know, it really pretty good about putting together rules. Uh, they've set limits, and those limits do fluctuate uh, each year uh, based on cost of living. But uh, for 2020, if you are in individual insurance, uh, the maximum an individual can contribute is three thousand five hundred and fifty dollars. If you're in family, which is really coverage of anybody plus one, uh, is $7,100. And then they've taken it a step further. And once you reach the age of 55, an individual is able to tack on an additional $1,000 on top of those limits each year. Okay, so then that you're meaning there's a collective $7,000 if I was me and and a spouse and two kids. Um, any number of people can contri- contribute to that, including myself, my employer, and my rich Aunt Susie. You got it. <laughs> um, but the most that can be contributed to is $7,000. So, Josh, I'm saying what's not to love about it at an HSA, but I do think there's a lot of consumer confusion, which is kind of why we wanted to address this topic today, and maybe even reluctance to participate in an HSA. I mean, what's your take? I agree, Mary. You know, most employees don't really realize everything they can do with these HSA accounts. Uh, and most importantly, employers are still seeking, you know, really the most effective ways to communicate these benefits and best practices. You know, if employees don't understand the HSA, they're either not going to use it or most certainly underappreciate it, neither of which is really good for business at the end of the day. Okay, so I understand I can reimburse myself for a qualified medical expense. I have a $6,500 high deductible plan, which means I'm basically paying that first $6,500 with a few exceptions out of my pocket. I have that expense, but then I can reimburse myself, kind of tap into that to that HSA. Um, and then I put those monies away pre-tax, which is, is an advantage there. But what are some other advantages um, to opening up a health savings account? So earlier on, I, I mentioned flexibility. And really, flexibility is a, is a marquee dis- a description of how the HSA really works and why it's so popular. Um, 
allowing employees to control how those dollars are spent and when is really one of the biggest uh, key factors of that plan. So employees can not just use it for deductible types of expenses, but they can also use it to cover the out-of-pocket expenses for their family, any tax dependent or legal spouse. They also can use these funds after they retire and use that for retirement savings, everyday living expenses, and it would just be subject to normal taxes, or they can use it for long-term care premiums, uh, or as always, uh, continue to use it for those uh, medical expenses that they're likely going to cur incur uh, post-65 that Medicare is not going to cover. All right, so what if an employee takes another job? There's maybe $18,000 in that HSA account balance that's accumulated over the years, but that plan that you've been on was an employer-sponsored plan now what do you do with that money? So just like your personal checking account, if you ever leave your employer, the health savings account travels with you. That's your money uh, forever and ever. Uh, the nice thing about the HSA is that if you do lose eligibility in terms of you're no longer covered under a qualified health plan, the only thing that changes is your ability to continue contributing to that account. You never lose the ability to spend the money. So that $18,000 in your example that you've accumulated, if I don't have coverage, qualified coverage at a new employer, I can't continue to contribute to my HSA, but I can continue to use that money uh, for any eligible expenses. In that way, is it a little bit like a flex account? I can get reimbursed? It, it very much so, except um, you know the flex account doesn't travel with you. Sure. If you change employers, you're going to lose it. And if you don't use that money, in many cases, at the, by the end of the year, you lose that money as well. So a lot of the benefits that the HSA has are very much unique to that type of account. Well, I actually think that's key because I think people are thinking, well, maybe I don't want to be on a high deductible health plan for the next 20 years of my, my work life. And so then what happens to that money if I take it out on penalized? That, that's a, a great point of clarification. And I think it would kind of set a lot of people's mind at ease. Um, all right, so you did talk about retirement. Mm -hmm. So I, I like that you can use that then well past your working years to pay for, like you say, increased medical expenses. Um, so up in your department, you guys administer flex accounts and health reimbursement arrangements, health savings accounts. Um, what kind of what percentage are you seeing nationally of employers who are sponsoring HSAs? Well, the popularity of these programs continues to grow every single year. And, and while the FSA still um, is, is sort of the, the largest account in terms of volume, in terms of um, participation. The HSA has continued to grow um, significantly in terms of overtaking that market share. Uh, right now, industry-wide, groups of all sizes, you're still in, in the 45 to 50% range of those employers that offer these plans, but every year we're seeing a significant increase in that. All right, so you've got about half of U.S. Is, uh, employers who are sponsoring health plans have HSAs. Um, if employers are reluctant because they're just unsure how their employers are going to embrace it, how do you respond? Because I would think that client education is probably a part of what you do. Client, client education is key. Um, really helping employees understand how these accounts work. I mean, there's, there's an initial fear always um, with this transition because, truth be told, there is added responsibility to the employee with these types of plans. But helping them understand that with the responsibility comes flexibility, which in our business, we hear the complaints from both sides. And I'll tell you one of the biggest ones on the flexible spending account is that 
inability to really kind of control your destiny with these accounts. You were really stuck to a 12-month mm-hmm. window. With the HSA, it's changing the mentality on how you approach these accounts and really thinking more long-term past this year. So education is really paramount in getting the employees to understand that this really is a valuable benefit um, on their behalf. So from an employer standpoint, what kind of responsibilities do they have just regarding the management? I mean, you could, could you put in a high deductible health plan, but not bring forward an HSA provider? Certainly, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the, the H, the insurance itself can be standalone, um, but that, that would never be my recommendation, certainly. We would always encourage uh, the, the offering of a health savings account. However, one of the other reasons that employers love these accounts is really being able to keep them somewhat at an arm's length. You know, they're the administrative burdens that some of the other admin accounts um, bring to the table don't really follow with the health savings account because it is individually owned. It is up to that member to use that account as they see fit and they're able to control their contribution strategy without involving the employer directly many times. Well, Josh, thanks. I mean, you've really shared a lot of good information. I thought I knew quite a bit about HSAs, but I I learned a few things today. It sounds like they are incredibly versatile and, you know, I can see why they're gaining in popularity, particularly as we have an aging population and people are working longer um, past normal retirement years. Having that money set aside to help with those higher cost premiums, it really does make a lot of sense. Um, For our listeners today, if you're interested in providing or or changing your company's HSA benefit, Josh, I know you'd love to to hear from people. Just reach out and call Josh at 913-345-0440. Josh, again, thanks for joining us. Um, I'm glad you could share more about this with our clients. Mary, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciated the opportunity to share this uh, information with our clients. And thanks to all of you for listening to today's To The Point podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Bucati Services, uh, visit our website at bucati.com where you can check out our growing podcast library.